As we continue the journey of the book of Hebrews, where the author has finalized his point in chapter 11, uh, we're, um, where we've gone through Abel, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, not just their highlight of participation in the mission of God, but mission of God, but uh, highlight their faith. So if you would um, hear the word of the Lord, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Um, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us also strip off every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us look, fixing our eyes only on Jesus, the one author of our faith, and who makes it perfect, who for the for the joy that was not set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. Grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God endures forever. Thank you, Treves. So you had the B team. No, no, it's for uh, your first string. What you talking about? (laughs) Well, good morning, church. Good morning. This is the day... The Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. For those that do not know who I am, my name is Alex Lorio. I serve here uh, at this church and uh, I've been a part of this church now for about going on a little bit more than six and a half years. And it is an honor to worship with you this morning. Uh, Treves, again, I thank you again for reading scripture uh, because as he added a background to it, uh, you're going to hear me allude to it here in a little bit. But For some of you that may know and may not know, today is actually Confirmation Sunday. In the traditional worship service, we actually celebrated the confirmation of our kiddos in our youth program. Um, And so we celebrate the way that our church body desires not only to trust in the covenantal promises of God through baptism, but we desire to actually act on our commitments we make to walk alongside the youth and the children of others. For it is not just in the confirming or the proclaiming of our faith that we all can identify, but also the journey of our faith, which we continue to mature to this day. Uh, So this this is why I purposely asked Treves to be my scripture reader this Lord's Day uh, for several reasons. One of those reasons is for him to actually put that University of Texas education to good use, my boy. And you did not fail, even though you claim you're dyslexic uh, and you have these things. And to any of the college students here, which I know we have a couple as they're in the midst of finals and those that have finished their finals, look to your seasoned elder, my friends. Praise God. This is what seasoned wisdom looks like, and this is exactly what you can look forward to. <laughs> but on a real note, this text is addressing perfectly... And what Treves was reading perfectly is demonstrated on this day as a whole. As young people are confirming to the faith to which they believe, we can all recall that moment for ourselves. The moment when we were first introduced to our Savior. Uh, whether you grew up in church or you came responding to saving faith of Jesus Christ later in life, we all know where that moment was for us. And maybe some of us are continuing our journey waiting for that moment to respond now. It is part of our journey that we grow into maturity and we soon realize Jesus loves us right where we are and he loves us too much to keep us there. He loves us too much to keep us there. And though we may have shortcomings, 
we press on, we move forward. Treves is an example of what it means to be reminded that until there is not one breath left in our lungs, we desire to serve as God has called us to serve, to love others the same way Christ first loved us and to pour out this wisdom that we have learned in our own journey to those that are behind us and walking alongside us. From every mountaintop moment to the valleys where God, God's power meets us perfectly in our weakness, we are all called to run the race that is set before us. Thus, we are encouraged by passages like the one that we have today. So today, when we look at the, the reading of the scripture, there are three things I desire to focus on. The first one is the cloud of witnesses. The second is the race itself. And the third, thanks be to God, is the prize. And church, it is going to be fun running this race with you as we dwell in this word. Join me as we pray. Holy Spirit, open our hearts and our minds to your word that we might clearly understand it and that we might gratefully receive it and that we might faithfully apply it to our lives. Father, as your words are true to my words, may they be taken to heart. But if my words should stray from your words, may they be quickly forgotten. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Treves, like many other men, including, uh, have come alongside me, even as I just said that prayer. Some of you can identify that that was a prayer that Ron Skates used to do all the time. And there's a lot of things that I've adopted from Mitchell, from, from Scott, from Joe, from Becky, uh, just from everybody that's on our pastoral staff. And what I've realized is, thanks be to God, I do have a father and a mother that raised me upright and that loved me well. Thanks be to God. God uh, blessed me with people that would run the race with me and that they would also be the, crowd, the cloud of witnesses that are here. When we look at this text again, join me as I read this text again. It says again, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that therefore is gonna be important to look back. Let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated on the right hand of God, the throne of God. There's, uh, there was a, a conference I went to earlier this year in February. The only reason why I remembered it, because again, I was celebrating my birthday, and it actually happened on the semester of my birthday. I mean, the, the, the month of my birthday. And it, and it identifies with what's going on in chapter 11. You see, in chapter 11, the writer of Hebrews is having us look back on the things that God has been doing. He's looking back on the acts of, of all these patriarchs and powerful people that God has used in their race. And he continues to say, by faith, they did this. By faith, they acted out. By faith, they went forward. He desires us to look back. What's interesting is that we live in a world right now where, again, and, and we might even look at our own stories and say, I don't want to look back. I don't desire to look back because when I look back, I think of the pain that was set before. I think about the mistakes that I look back in my life. And what's interesting is that no, no matter how bleak or tattered our stories are, our stories are unique and God desires to use us. 
This is where we have uh, incredible Christian slogans that are incredibly true, yet often used a whole lot. And a lot of pastors like to believe that they're the first ones to originate, but it ain't, it ain't, it ain't so. This is the reason why people say, God, and watch out now, because I'm about to get a little passionate. Hey, God desires to take your test and make it into a testimony. Praise God. God desires to take broken things and make them beautiful. Hey, hallelujah. And if you walk away from your past and it becomes history, it's all because it's a part of his story. Amen. Hallelujah. Your breath may stink, but God's, breath, God's favor is better than you could ever think. Praise God. Amen. That last one was a solo original. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, COVID, let's be honest, COVID brought an awareness to all of us that we did not yet know before. Now you know exactly how you were treating your brothers and sisters in Christ. Can I, can, I'm just saying, you were running your race, and you're like, hey man, how, oh, praise God, hey. Come on, hey. <laughs> but you now know better, right? Praise, just God gave that aroma, praise God. We're running our race together. You wanted better, and the truth is we all want better. The truth is that God has redeemed and Christ has restored. And the enemy would just love to continue to whisper in your ear, I remember what you've done. I know where you've been. But when we look back and what God has done for his people, we remember that God's word, uh, we remember God's word and how he saved his people. We can proclaim boldly again that though he may know where I have been, I know exactly where I'm going. Amen. For the promises of God are for his people and we are going to be with God. Greater is he that lives in me than he who is of the world. And those that are in Christ Jesus are free and free indeed. I am a new creation. The old has passed, the new has come. And you think you know me, Satan. You think you know me, but I wasn't created in your image. Hey, I was created in God's. So how does this apply to the crowd of witnesses? The cloud of witnesses. The truth is this, is though in my story, I can have a hard time looking back, but in truly, in God's story, I can absolutely look back on what he's done before. And if he was faithful then, I can look up to the heavens now and trust he will be faithful now. We're reminded there in chapter 11, and the author writes about Abel's faith and the heart to present the best. Abraham and his faith as he was going to do that, trusting that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. The faith of Moses to take people, his people across the Red Sea. The faith of Rahab to harbor those whom God has sent. And the faith of all those who lost their lives only to completely find it in him. We can look back, not because our story is the greatest thing since sliced bread, but we can look back because God's faithfulness is demonstrated to the world. And if he was faithful then, you can cast your eyes up because he'll be faithful now. And you can trust that his strength will not fail. And though resources would dry up and though the enemies would be at the gate trying to intimidate us, I can trust that he will remain faithful because that's his name. He remains faithful. Therefore, and this is a, a great testimony because we got to hear a testimony today of God's faithfulness that even in the, in the pressures of anxiety and fear, 
where we felt that death was knocking on the door. Thanks be to God, we have stories like that were shared today that God is faithful. And the amazing part of that story is that they absolutely laid it up for me. They did not walk alone. And I need you to know this church, the great cloud of witnesses, we can look back because it was them back then. And the great cloud of witnesses are those that stand with us now. And let me tell you, as I look into this church and this congregation, praise be to God, I got a good team in my, on my corner. I got a beautiful team in my corner. As I look out into this beautiful sea of faces of whom God has redeemed, God has adored and continuing to sanctify though we wrestle with our sin, praise be to God, I don't walk alone. It gets me so excited. And so as we move forward, again, therefore, since there have been so great a cloud of witness, let us also lay aside, what? Every weight and sin that clings so closely. Pastor Rad has to come out because we got to talk about what the sin, what the weight and the sin is. You see, what's interesting, the, 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 the witness of those that have gone before us show us and demonstrate us, and it even speaks to us now because of the weight of what we carry. So what is the weight that we carry a lot of times? Maybe the weight that we carry are things for sure that we place on ourselves that aren't meant for us to carry. That our weight is our, uh, the carrying of the weight of, of our efforts to be ex- ex- accepted in everything, accepted in every circle. The weight of insecurity of things going a certain way because I don't know what the future holds. And sometimes I'm a little shaky of that. Who holds the future? Being transparent and honest about where we are in our life. You don't have to carry that weight. Our worry of that which is ahead and the weight of our frustration of the world because we wish we could do more. These were weights for you, O church, that you were never meant to carry. Rather, God gives you a new cloak and a new identity and a new mission. Because remind yourself, he didn't ask you to save the world. He already did that, praise God. He already did that. He's commanded you, church, that you should share this good news of living hope with others. And his mission calls you to serve others. And his plead with you is to do what? Just be faithful. Be faithful as a cloud of witnesses before you. And I showed you that I was with them. Be faithful, church, to those. And and look at the faith of those that are around you now. And reach out to say, man, I need you to pray for me because I'm in a tough spot. And man, how beautiful it is for you to serve another and say, I will stand with you. I will not leave you. Not because of my ability, but because of the Holy Spirit that resides in me and the promises that I will point you to in scripture. After the way it talks about the sin which clings so close. Church, this is not something we can just overlook. And a lot of times it's uncomfortable to talk about our sin. But the sin that he's talking about is our sins to which we personally wrestle with in this life. Our sin that separates us from God. From, it separates us from what God and the best that he has for us. From our sin, which is clearly articulated in scripture, yet for some reason we try to give an excuse or we try to hide it because we just proclaim and to say, it's just a part of me. 
Our sin for which we are full. I got it, man. Can we just be mature for five seconds? Our sin of which we were fully deserving of God's righteous justice upon our head. Yet, but God full of mercy, sent his son to save us from our own sin and to save the world so which that we can freely participate in it. Christ died because he is faithful to his word and he is faithful to us, church. You are so loved. You are so loved. And he wants you to know that you're loved as you run your race. His mercies are for you. And so what does this say? What, what does he say about the weight and the sin? Church, let me encourage you by God's own word. In Matthew chapter 11, it says this, at the time that Jesus declared, thank you, Father. This is Jesus' words. This is for you, church. Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the understanding and revealed them to little children. Little children. Yes, Father, for such is your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. For no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chose to reveal himself. Come to me. He's calling you, church. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, that you would find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He would not mention a yoke if there wasn't a destination he's trying to take you to. He is yoked with you, not to just stay where you are, but to take you to places you would have never dreamed of, to see healing in ways you never thought was possible, to see forgiveness demonstrated in moments where you didn't think it was possible, and to love you right where you are. Church, we submit ourselves to yearn to be obedient because of what God has done, what God has done for us is better than anything the world has to offer. And what becomes difficult is that we can have broken hearts because of what the world will do to try to shame us. They will refuse his teachings and that we will even grieve because the truth is this, we want to love them too. We want to love them and introduce them to the Savior. Thus, church, as we're reminded of the cloud of witnesses and to cast off the weights and the sin, knowing that our God has responded to it, you are now then free and free indeed to run your race. Run your race, church. Each of us are running our own race. Each of us have experienced the joy of running alongside others. We run in community to spur one another to finish our race. And I talked about that earlier as I looked out in this beautiful crowd, cloud of witnesses that are before me. We don't run alone, alone. And just as it said, the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 10, earlier in this book, he says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he whose promised is faithful. 
Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not, not, not neglecting to meet one another together as a, as a habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. That day is drawing near. And my prayer is this, is that you would do exactly as this says, to spur one another forward. Beloved, we have been on a journey of our race. And as we mentioned earlier, there have been mountain highs and there have been valley lows. Yet somewhere in our journey, someone loved you enough to share the hope of this gospel. And upon responding and seeing God's goodness, uh, how sweet is it to know that Jesus took my place and now I can freely run this race? And like a precious family heirloom church, a baton has been handed to us. You've heard me refer to that whenever I speak of the Apostles' Creed. A baton has been set, handed to you. And what shall we do? What shall we do, church? Run without inviting others to this? Should we run and not invite somebody else and say, man, I'm running this way, come on with it. Come on and join me. Is that what we're to do? No. Let us share the hope of this gospel. Let us run our race with grace, courage, and truth. And though, and though we may stumble and we may fall and we may wrestle with our sin, Jesus reminds us that he came down for that. He came down for that. He completely addresses it and he says, I want better for you. And this is why we look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. The founder, uh, this is a translation and there are different translations that speak on this, but uh, it is translated usually as founder, initiator, originator, or author. And in all those things, he is the initiator because he pursued us before we ever pursued him. Even while we were yet sinners, enemies, Christ died for us. For in Romans 5, it even says, for while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one is scarcely to die for a righteous person, but perhaps for a good person, one would dare to even to die. But God shows his love to us. And, and while that we were sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved, from, saved by him from the wrath of God. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now we are reconciled. Shall we be saved by his life? Much more than that. We also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. Church, you were bought with a price and you have been reconciled. The lies that the, en the, the world desires to tell you and the lies that the enemy desires to tell you are lies straight for, straight for the basura. It's, it's, it's straight for the trash. You can leave that behind. That's not who you are. You have been reconciled and redeemed. Christ is also the originator where the focal point and the point where it has been taken root from the garden, from the very garden of Eden, God responded to the sin which separated us from our heavenly father, where he even declared that the offspring of Eve would crush the head of the serpent and he would bruise his heel. He is author 
God has been writing this beautiful story as we talked about. And thus the author, and, and in his story, the author himself enters the narrative. Jesus Christ, who has written the greatest story ever told, unlike anything you have ever seen. And as it is, continue, it is continuing to be written as we live this life now. Because the best part of your story, church, is that God's not done. The best part of your story is that God's not done. And he claims him to be the perfecter of our faith. This is to imply that as we are faithful, there will be moments when our faith will be challenged, church. And even when we lack faith, even when we are weak, he is strong, church. This week I I heard two stories of vulnerability. One of them involved the loss of life from somebody that's a dear friend of ours. And, and, and this individual confessed and shared with us saying that my heart is broken and though I don't know and I can't see the hope or the faith sometimes, I know that I have to trust in Jesus. Your faith will be shaken. And even from a young person earlier this week saying I don't get all of this just yet. I don't, ha- I don't have the complete firm grasp of what does it mean to be faithful, but I don't have to understand the full grasp of everything that's in this word. I just have to know that my father will perfect that and he will continue to walk with me. Two very vulnerable positions that I feel sometimes us in our church, we want to continue to say, oh man, I'm good, praise God, you know, feeling good, feeling great, I'm freshy fresh and all these things. There's nothing wrong with me and my faith, mm, pristine, praise God. I'm uh, not, we're all good out here. No, church, it is in our vulnerability that we can be honest with the ways that God desires to heal us. How can we invite somebody to help us if we don't first share where we need help? You are not alone in this church. And I don't know who needs to hear this verse right now. And I don't know uh, as you're running your race, but I pray this word of God can comfort you. As Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, he said, he said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For the people that just shared those vulnerabilities that I had overheard, but also for you in this room, Christ says, my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast, Paul says, all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. Then I am content with my weakness, the insults, the hardship, the persecution, and the calamities. For when I am weak, he is strong, praise God. These are the words that you need to keep in your back pocket. These are the golden nuggets you need to keep in you at all times. For when I am weak, he is strong, amen. He is strong. You don't have to worry about being weak in this moment. You see, out there in the world, they will judge you. You, uh, Dog eat dog, an eye for an eye. Compete to show your value and your worth. And Christ is saying, you don't need to do that for me. For you are my child. I don't need you to do that. Take heart, church, to run your race in due time to receive our prize, which we finally finish off, the prize. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The prize, church, is Christ. The unity and the relationship that we have with God for the joy that was set before him. Christ knew what he was getting himself into. Christ knew all that was set before him. 
And he desired God's will to be done, to save the world from their sin, which was deserving of the righteous justice of God, as we talked earlier. And it was prophesied in Isaiah when it says, surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, and he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, and upon him was chastisement that brought us peace. And by his wounds, we are healed. All like sheep have gone astray and have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid upon him the iniquity of all. Thanks be to God, we have a good shepherd church. Me, we're all just sheep. Me, needing to be led. Me, I'm just saying, we have a good, good shepherd that loves us. We do, and he endured it, he endured it all all that suffering with joy, whom he claimed for himself. And he not only has paid the price for us, but has justified us and adopted us. He's adopted us. As the world would make us question our identity, the world would make us question our mission, and why we even run our race, we are able to look to our Savior. And as we invite the worship team forward, as they lead us, as we speak a joyful noise unto the Lord, we're also able to cry out church. As it says in Romans, for all who are led by the Spirit are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as the sons as we cry Abba Father we cry it out church together the spirit himself bears witness to our spirit and that while we were children of God if children then heirs heirs of God and then fellow heirs with Christ provided that we share that we suffer with him in order that we may glorify be glorified with him the prize is Christ's church to be glorified with him. Jesus sits on the right hand of God the Father, the one to which we turn our gaze to. For when we started our journey, just as we talked about the confirmation kids and the kiddos that are in our youth department, or even now as first-time believers, or as we're walking in our faith, church, it is in him that we find our living hope to press forward. It is in him we receive mercy of the Heavenly Father that is new each day. It is in him that we are loved in the way that he first loved us. It is in him that we We've received grace that is sufficient for all our burdens. It is in him that we've been forgiven for all the failures and the shortcomings in our life. It is in him that there's a peace that surpasses all understanding for our lives. And it is in him that we can run our race knowing that it was never about us. Praise God. It was always about him. And because it was all about him, check this back, let's rewind it. And because it was in him, right? It was in him we did all these things. And it's because of him, just as Trebes represented the maturing believer called to serve, I now charge you, church. Jesus is calling you to run your ways. Because of him, you can share this hope with others. Because of him, you can be merciful to those that have afflicted you. Because of him, you can love those that feel unloved and those that withhold 
withhold love from you. It is because of him you can be gracious to the unbeliever and the weary. It is because of him you can forgive those that have trespassed against you. It is because of him you can speak words of peace in a chaotic world. And it is because of him you can run your race knowing to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm to live, it means fruitful ministry and dancing and partying with all these beautiful people in this room. And if I'm to die, then I'm going to go to be with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and the Prince of Peace. And church, if you are not serving in this mission, if you are not running your race, you are missing the full joy of being in this race. Church, Tim Keller once said, accepted in Christ, I now run this race set before me rather than for the fear that comes behind us. For the joy I run my race, church. To whom shall I fear? I win either way and you win either way, church. And how and why we win either way because victory is in Jesus. The world did not overcome him. The grave could not hold him. Death could not keep him. Satan could not find tempt in him. And God is preparing a place and he is sending you, church to tell the people that your savior has come to make a way as he has ascended into a place. Like the verse said, as we've been talking about all day, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and every sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the protector of our faith, the perfecter of our faith, for who, for the joy, for the joy was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And church, he is coming back. And as I'm surrounded in a great cloud of witness, if I have a witness right here, right now, shout amen. amen. Blessed be the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we ask that you would use us, Father, that we would run our race with faith, Father, and that we would, we would endure and press forward even when it's difficult. Lord, let us celebrate that we can run together as a church family and community. Lord, help us in our weakness. Help us to see how you are moving down in our lives. Even when we don't believe things are happening, Lord, we thank you that you just still love us. You still love us and you send people to us to love us. And so Lord, we're also asking to be sent. Lord, let us run our race faithful. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, amen. Praise God.